welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. As you listeners know, on Monday, we like to do one thing and one thing only on this podcast feed, and that's recap the fantastic action that occurs each week at the ATP Challenger level. Of course, to do that, we turn to our friends Damian Kust and Jakob Babro, who have another jam-packed episode for all of you listeners today. They discuss the continued success of Zizou Burks, who found himself in the winner's circle on the Challenger Tour once again this week. They also discuss the difficulties of grass court tennis, those low skidding bounces, what they do to the games of so many of the players on tour. Of course, they also offer their predictions for the week, recap all of the action that occurred, and so much more. It's a fantastic episode that I know all of you listeners will continue to enjoy. But of course, before we get there, the reason we are able to do this day in, day out, I have to remind all of you listeners, is because of the support we get from all of you, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and for those of you interested who would like to support our work here at CR, please go to our website, crackrackets.com. You can find all of the info there, but of course we are also eternally grateful for the support we get from our friends at Turn of Tennis. You guys know the deal. It's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. It's performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched, and you guys know that trademark color, that iconic blue that can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros, can be seen on your racket as soon as tomorrow. Just contact our friends at Turn of Tennis. You can email them at sales at unique sports or call 800-554-3707. You mentioned crack racket sent you they'll set, hook you up with some free samples hook you up with college pricing as well remember sales at unique sports or call 800-555-3707 we are so grateful for their support sincerely we ask that you support them as well it would mean the world to us so remember sales at unique sports.com or 800-554-3707 with that in mind Let's get to another edition of our GSP Challenger podcast with our hosts, Damian Kust and Jakob Babra. Welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour podcast. And I am once again joined by my friend Jakub. And maybe for starters, since we've got like 10, epi- 10 tournaments to talk about today, maybe I'll just ask you, although I'm suspecting a certain answer, which of these five that we, that we had this week you enjoyed watching the most? So, uh, it was pretty close. The, the, the two that I watched the most were Nottingham and Bratislava, uh, but I feel like Bratislava is the, the cake for me. Uh, home tournament, in a way, even though I wasn't there this, this year. But, uh, yeah, very enjoyable tournament. Yeah, that was the, the answer that I was suspecting. So, you, you were pretty predictable there. Uh, I would probably go for Nottingham just because of how much I missed grass court tennis in general and challenger grass court tennis also. I think it was Ilkley that was the last event in, in June 2019. Uh, so where do we where do we want to start? Is it Nottingham, the, the biggest one? Just go yeah, let's let's start with Nottingham. Um, so obviously Francis Kiefer took the title uh, over Dennis Kudla in the finals, 6-1, 6-3 quite dominant uh it's a sixth challenger title fun fun fact about tfo he actually lost his first five challenger titles and now he has won six in a row uh that that he's been in finals um very dominant wins for his last two matches beat kopil three and two and now five and now now kudla uh yeah what did you think about this final 
looking at these uh, these finals that he lost, and these were some rough losses, like against Escobedo, it looks like he might have had some match points, or against Arguello. So maybe that's some inspiration to to Felix Ojeda and his team. Just going to the major for a while, but uh, as for as for Tefo, I mean, he was kind of under the radar, I think, this week. Like I, I remember watching that first match against Marc Andrea Wessler, and he really wasn't looking that great. Uh, I thought it was much closer than against Marchenko. He saved all nine breakpoints he faced. It was also again really tight. But the final was very anticlimactic. I mean, Kudla just didn't have the, the, any gas left anymore. He played four deciding sets, including that that, that stunning upset over Evans, but also that semi against Mikeshak where. I mean, Camille just completely choked that away. He served for it, then then double faulted uh, in the in the decided tiebreak. Uh, down match point, down a match point. He also missed one on Kudla's serve earlier. And uh, I mean, it's a shame that it had to end this way. But I, I think both Kudla and Tiafoko could do some great stuff on grass this this year. The, they were looking really great. They both play a very unique ball that's barely barely bounces. I mean it's solo skidding and on, on grass it's it simply works out great for them. It's really tough to tough to deal with. So uh, I think both of them are absolutely great on the surface and hopefully they can they can do something more. I mean Kudla is gonna play Nottingham now but Stefo is playing Queen's Club this, this week. I can't remember he I think he starts against Badena. So that's yeah. that's definitely a, a winnable a winnable first round. Yeah, we definitely mentioned that first round between Evans and Kokinakis. Yeah. Which was, for me, the, the moment of this tournament really <laughs> was, was amazing. Uh, that first round, such a battle uh, on the grass. The, the the crowd was very good. I also wanted to mention uh, a bit more Mariusz Kopil's uh, run from qualifying all the way to the semis, where he had some very impressive wins, beat Jumhur, Ofner, and Kevin Anderson in two tie breaks there before eventually with the TFO, but still a, a huge week for, for Kopil. Yeah, uh, the, what did I wanted to mention? Ah, uh, Kokinaki is actually looking back at his results. He's He barely did anything on grass before. And it was very surprising to me because, you know, watch just watching that match against Evans, I was like, okay, Tanasi is amazing on grass. And then I, then I went back to look at his results and it, well, he basically has a lot more success on clay than on grass historically. And I, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to, to see him again this week since he lost in the qualities to Nottingham too. So but the, the sheer level of play that he showed against Evans is definitely good enough to to be a, a great threat again in, in the qualities to, to Wimbledon. Uh, it didn't yeah, quite yeah, work out. Is his fit again for Wimbledon I'm, 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 I yeah. didn't see the so that he retired. I did uh, not see that either. I didn't quickly check what the what the you know what the reason is. I'm not sure how if he's gonna be fit at all. Uh, abdominal, so that's no idea if that that might be just a week and that might be a month. So yeah, yeah, we're not gonna know. Uh, our winner picks for this week was who? I went with Evans, so you know the boring. Pick. I had uh, Ilya Marchenko, so okay. well, I mean. Did, did play TFO kind of tight, as as he said. TFO saved all the break points, so he, yeah, he that was a better pick there. than it sounds, definitely. Yeah, I think Marchenko could have gone could have gone really far if he if he pushed through the draft TFO somehow. 
Uh, so I guess we're gonna go to Lyon then, right? That's where okay. that's where we should have gone with the top seed. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I just you know how, how old is Pablo Cuevas right now? Thirty six. And I'm always I'm always thirty five, and I'm always kind of expecting him to start declining rapidly. Well, he sort of did, obviously, but he still has that level that that he showed this week. Maybe after the the, the Djokovic match at the at Roland Garros, we should have been more we should have had more trust in in Cuevas instead of instead we went with Facundo Bagnis who lost to him in the semis, and it's actually a seven zero record in the head to head between them right now. Oh, wow. I, I definitely thought this was going to be Bagnis's great chance to to get a win on the board, but it was very comfortable. Pretty much like every single every single game Cuevas played, besides the first round. Yeah, because Pedro the first so Yeah, I think I think we mentioned him last week as as one of the qualifiers that could do something, and he definitely had a had a chance there. I think he led like or three in the tie, second set tiebreak after winning the first set. So there was definitely a shot. And then there was Elias Imer in the in the finals, who... Yeah, he, he had a bit of luck with the two retirements. Very uh, weird round, right? Two retirements and then yeah. two super comfortable straight set victories against inform players, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ote and Daniel both played very well at Ron Garros, even though they didn't win a round. Uh, but they had so tough opponents like you know, Zverev and Berrettini. So uh, I, I, I was fully expecting Imer to get kind of close in the in, in the final, and it was one uh, just as in Nottingham, it was a disappointment. Yep. Um, we, we also had Holger Rune playing Fernando Verdasco, which was uh, I, I didn't watch it, but, but it seemed quite interesting as a matchup. You know, quite old against a quite young player. Which uh, Rune won, but then he retired against Emer in that in that next match. But yeah, yeah I mean, he was fifteenth challenger title, and once he got through that match against Kachin, he he steamrolled the rest of the field, really. Yeah, I mean, for as for Rune, the the retirement was very questionable. Like, I'm not really expect, I'm not really thinking that Rune bet on himself and did it in order to make the bet. Yeah. Vote. But I mean, it's just not sportsmanship at all. It's like you know, just disrespectful to the opponent um, to retire at six three, five three down. And Verdasco actually had a very nice match against Nagal in the in the first round. It was over three hours. I was very surprised to see him care that much because I mean, <laughs> for for all we know about Verdasco, I mean, he's not perhaps not the nicest person in the world. He's had a lot of run-ins with other players or with ball boys in the past and for some reason i just never pictured him as a guy who would care enough to you know to play these battles on the challenger tour when he declines and it looks like he he is motivated enough and he's gonna play again this week so we're gonna we're gonna we're definitely gonna want to catch at least a match of his uh and who, ah we i already mentioned that we went for bagnis there right yeah Yes, yeah, so I guess we could go to your to your favorite events then. Yeah, so in Bratislava, Talon Grigspor uh, won the tournament, beating Bias seven six six three. Very impressive week for Grigspor, who I don't think we really talked about in, in the preview. To be honest, I didn't really think about him as that much of a contender. Probably should have. He he won Prague uh, earlier this year. All of his challenger titles have been on clay. This continues the trend. Um, 
yeah, he, he also beat Martin Klijan, for whom this was possibly, I don't know, he still hasn't withdrawn from Prostio. Uh, he's still in the draw. Uh, but yeah, for whom he keeps saying that this is his last clay tournament and his last challenger, yet he still entered in, in Prostio <laughs> to this day. Um, but yeah, for, for Klijan, it was also a very, very good tournament. There were so many matches where you felt this can be the farewell one, starting with his matching in Morang, uh, then his matching in Serundo, which was a, a, a great win uh, in that third set, beat Kuznetsov, and then finally lost to Greek score, uh, 6-4 in the third. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, people sort of made fun of him because uh, he sort of said that he wanted to say goodbye to his fans in Bratislava, to which, to which everybody said, what fans? Uh, but I mean, they they turned up and they cheered for him <laughs> because Anglijan is a very controversial character, as we talked about last week. He's he's not the the most universally liked, but the the crowd enjoyed him and and that was good. I feel like you would also want to talk about Yuji Lohechka, who had a very very good run here. Uh, beat Klein, beat Korea. So yeah, what 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 did you think about Lohechka's week? Yeah, I, mean, I think Lechka is clearly edging ahead of Foreitek and Dvoyevsky for now. We've had that one. Was it with you already when, when we've had that question about uh, Czech potential? Or, or I, I, was I, it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so th there was there was that one uh, about Lechka, Dvoyevsky and Foreitek. And I mean, of course, Penske was the was the first one to sort of start winning matches at challenger level, and Foretek was the best junior. But I think Lechka is clearly, clearly way ahead of them at the moment. And actually, he played Klein. Isn't he playing Klein again this week? Yeah, yeah. There, there's like three key matches in Prostio from Bratislava. Yeah, <laughs> also Kuznetsov Klijan, right? And then yeah, Kovalik Kovchiva. Yeah, there's that's that's pretty funny, but. You know, understandable that most of the players from Bratislava went to Prostejov. Uh, we've got Sebastian Baez in the finals too again. I actually wasn't too impressed by him this week. I mean, every match was such a big struggle. But then again, I mean, he's, what, like 26 to 6 this season? Something absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So, I mean, what can you say? This is a player that keeps being sort of unimpressive, but winning matches. And Maybe yeah, and that, that, that's exactly what, what you need. So, yeah, maybe that's going to be a story of of his career, sort of. And it's yeah. it's, it's better than than being you know, than being in great, than looking fantastic and losing. Definitely, yeah. Filip Koranski was in the semis too. Not the not the Slovak player you expected in the semis. <laughs> not at all. I was I was shocked uh, by Koranski. He, he obviously beat my winner pick Norbert Gombos. 6262, six, which I did not see coming at all whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame that, that, that he lost uh, to Baez. Would have been nice to have a Slovak player in there, especially since the final is shown on TV and stuff. Um, but yeah, very, very good week for, for Horansky, who I, I, I can never quite, I, I, just, I just feel like he, he is quite talented. But like of the Slovak players, I always see him as the as the weakest, uh, which I'm not quite sure why. I just feel like his his forehand oftentimes he just like doesn't go for it enough, and he just plays it so incredibly short that players can pick on it very easily. Uh, but very good week. So I think he's one of the players who have a, such a huge dis you know, difference between playing well and playing poorly, like. 
sometimes he would just turn on for a match or for a week and he's amazing like in a couple of these matches but most of the most of the year he's just not playing up to his potential at all uh, one match I, I i definitely remember is against songa in what was it hebron or that was may 2019 i think he when he beat songa at the challenger also later, I watched him play in Sopot. He went to the finals and also played extremely well. I think he's super talented, but he never shows it. Like it's, it's just for some reason, it's a super big struggle for him to 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 show it consistently. And and probably I, I at this point, I'm not expecting him to ever progress past the level he he is at the moment. Oh no, he's 28 years old. I I feel like that dream has passed him by so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's just 28, and and problem. I, I I just feel like he's gonna stay there for the rest of his career, which is fine, obviously. Yeah. But I I feel like he could do so much better. Uh, I went for Josef Kovalik as the winner. Uh, that was a flop. Uh, he lost in the second round to Matthias Buckinger, which on play is a pretty big surprise for me. Uh, but you know, Kovalik is also another one of these players who we know has the potential to win every single clay challenger he, he enters, but also rarely rarely shows it. That wasn't a good hunch. Okay, so uh, do we go to Almaty now then? Uh, yeah, sure, Almaty, yeah. That was very uh, early. <laughs> Zizu Bergs uh, won this title by beating Timofey Skato, 4-6-6-3-6-2. Third challenger title in his career, third this year. Never lost the final. Now uh, at number 220, Zizou Berg. So hopefully he'll get uh, into more direct more, more direct entries into tournaments. Won't have to qualify because I mean, there are so many times this play season where we we're talking about him as a potential qualifier uh, and he didn't make it in. Um, yeah, very interesting run. He he was actually a match point down against Barrios Vera all the way back in his first round. Uh, but even though this wasn't the strongest of challenges, he still had, he didn't have an easy draw here. Barrios Vera, Menezes, um, Kopians, Popko, who retired uh, <laughs> 5-1 down uh, to him in the third, and then Skatov in the final. So what did you think of Zizou Berg's? This? Yeah, I mean, the, he definitely impressed me. In the, in the previous weeks, we, we, we sometimes mentioned him, as you said, as a potential qualifier. He only made through it through, I think, once and also didn't win a match. So I definitely wasn't expecting anything of, of him on clay. And, you know, it, it very much could have been another first round exit. I mean, he, he saved a match point against Barrios Vera. So uh, a, a bunch of super impressive clay court wins for him, like Copeyans, like Popko. I know Popko retired, but it's Popko. Yeah, he, he, the, the reason it was a headache. So. Yeah, I said that Rune, uh, with Rune, I didn't believe that it was quite, it was some sort of a betting thing. But with Popko, we kind of know it was. Most plausible, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Berg showed some really good problem-solving skills in the finals, I, I thought. Uh, Skatov was winning most of the Pacing rallies early on, which was exactly how I pictured it. I mean, that, that Berg was just going to be too inconsistent for, for a guy like Skatov. But then he started using more variety. He basically waited for better opportunities to attack, not you know, not going full ham on every single ball, but just just waiting out for the for for patiently for a good moment to uh, to raise the pace. And that 
ended up working out great. I mean, by, by, by the third set, Skatov was just a shadow of himself from, uh, from the opener. So that, that, that was a very big win for Berks, I think, in the, in the sense that he wasn't exactly playing too well in the first set, but still was tactically sound enough to, to, found a, to find a way to win. And it's, you know, looking at his previous clay results, this is such a huge improvement. And I, I, we were pretty much probably not expecting him to do much on clay this season at all. So anything like that, uh, another challenger title is such a huge benefit, such a huge added benefit that he got. So you know, just just a fantastic run. And Skatov was very good too. I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed watching him as much as I did because Almaty was so early that you know, in order to in order to watch them another uh, another events during the day. Getting up for Almaty was very hard. I actually started doing that a bit later in the week, so I, I watched like two or three matches from Skatov. I think uh, he also saved a match point against Ivan Fernes in the in the quarterfinals. That was a very good match. Uh, I mean, he's he's playing just as passively as as everyone is criticizing him for, but it's working out. It's 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 something that I also didn't really expect because. Uh, back at the at the end of last year, I was writing an article on teenagers in the ATP 500, and I was sort of trying to predict where they would be in 2000 uh, at the end of 2021 rankings-wise. And basically, I it's it, it's it's all going to help because of the changes, and you know the rankings don't really reflect anything anymore. But I I picked Skatov as someone who who was just going to stay at that level. Just win an ITF, win, uh, reach the final of another, and these all these results he's just now making on on challenger level are definitely surprising to me. But I've been uh, well, maybe not a fan, but uh, I enjoy his game since since a couple of years back. So, so I'm I'm very happy to see that he's also progressing. Uh, who did we have as winners? I had a drastic pick. Uh, I had Andre Martin who lost the popcorn in the quarters. I was very comfortable with Andre Martin, but <laughs> I guess he wasn't. Uh, and yeah, you had you had Safwat, right? Who, who was the best team in the first round? Of course, this is a pretty good opponent, opponent too. I had Safwat, yeah. Four games against Pedyachtin. I don't know. I just felt like Safwat was gonna randomly start playing his best tennis, and he didn't. Uh, I think he already won his first round match in Almaty today. Yes. But but yeah. Uh, it was a 6-4-6-4 over baby Zhukayev, so I'm probably not picking Safford again. <laughs> yeah, because we're recording this on Monday, so some some of the matches in Almaty have already been played. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jungsin uh, Tseng had a very uh, impressive run, I thought. I mean, that, that first round went over Melijeni. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, especially Gladwell Donuts, that it was 6-2-6-1. Beating Iskomin on clay is probably expected. Uh, but also beating Kuzmanov is, is a good one as well, who's, who's been quite good this year. Lost to Skatov quite easily, but then some positive signs for, for Tseng, who's, who's playing on clay quite well. Yep. And then I think we can go to Orlando. Uh, also, a, a lot of rain delays. I don't know why, why the States has such bad weather recently. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but, Orlando in June, that's that's when the hurricane season starts, so... Uh, okay, yeah. Where is it? Where is Orlando? I don't even know. My geography of the states is terrible. Ah, uh, Florida! Okay, that's fine. Okay. I did not know that, that it was in Florida. So. 
Uh, anyhow, we've had a very interesting final, so to speak, against yeah. uh, between Eubanks and Mejia. And why it was interesting? Because at 6-2-1-1, it had to be continued indoors. So that's that, that's a very rare occurrence. And so, know, maybe, maybe it completely cha changed the momentum of the match, which is kind of sad when you look at it from Mejia's perspective. I think you really, uh, I remember you liked Mejia in Salinas a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, 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 playing indoors is definitely better for Eubanks than it's for Mejia. Mejia defends a lot of Eubanks as that big serve, uh, big forehand. So, yeah, I, I, I can definitely say that this definitely impacted the match severely. Because, I mean, I, I don't think Eubanks is coming back from, uh, like, like this. Uh, if they continue playing outside, I don't think. Two service breaks in the in the first set, and Yuvangs won just 58% of points on his first serve, and then was never broken since since the match uh, went indoors. Although Mejia had some break points, I believe maybe two at 4-4 in the second set, so he still had chances to win it, but couldn't quite do it. We've had Sam Riffis in the semis, who was just like two weeks ago. He was crowned the NCAA singles champion. NCAA singles champion. Yeah. I was not too impressed, honestly. Like, he seems very solid, but kind of weaponless. Uh, he do really dominated his first three matches, but then against Eubanks, I don't think he showed that much. I'm not convinced. I mean, these American challengers are, at least this here, for me, I don't think they're played at, at a very high level. Like, most of the time you have these two, three guys who are super strong, and then they're just uh, then the, 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 the difference between them and the rest of the field is, is huge. And I think the, 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 semi, uh, the semis here that we have had, Aragona, Mejia and Rufus Eubanks were probably one of the, one of the weakest fields that, we, that we've had on the Challenger Tour this year. Uh, I, I, I believe it's mostly because of how you know, the international travel works right now, that the yeah, field I mean, is very... Now it's very difficult. The field keeps I mean, being sort of the same. We have a lot more European players filling out these draws. Uh, guys who wouldn't usually be staying in Europe playing on clay. Like, I mean, I, I saw Lukas Latsko uh, play this week. And I'm, I'm, I mean, in normal circumstances, there's no way that he's playing clay right now. Uh, he would definitely prefer to be in Orlando if he could. So, yeah, that, that's on clay this, this week. Yeah, that's, that's weird. He didn't try. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the ranking for, for Nottingham, right? Uh, well, so, 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 so if I don't play in Bratislava, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but case. he's but he's gonna play Halle now. Yeah, and, and, and uh, okay. last, he because he Halle. qualified for Halle. Okay. Oh, did he actually qualify? I didn't see the second match, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, they kind of suffer with the quality, but Eubanks gets his second title, first one in more than three years, uh, which is quite interesting. Didn't lose a set until the final. Uh, beating, as you said, Riffis, and before that, Richard Kruger and Hari. Mejia, I feel like he got quite quite lucky with the, with the draw, where he basically had Mukunda and Andreozzi as his first two matches. Uh, a walkover from Brooksby, who uh, withdrew with, I think it was a shoulder injury, right? Right elbow, I believe, but I can check. Oh, okay. yeah. And then beat JC Aragon, who... Uh, I mean, Argo beat, beat Gomez, beat Uchiyama, but still not, not the hardest draw that, that you would have to a challenger final, so... Definitely not, but uh, you know, he's done it twice this year already, so uh, you know, it, it sounds like sort of you know, quite a bit of luck and, and some help from, from 
just you know, the, the gods. I mean, uh, also in in Salinas, he was quite easily outplayed by 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 Jari in that in that final. But you know, he's done it twice, so we're definitely waiting for for more from this guy. Uh, and as for the winner picks, mine was Escobedo, who lost to Kwiatkowski in the first round. I mean, that was a very high high profile opening round. Who did you go for? Ah, Brooksby, right? Brooksby, yeah. Uh, I withdrawal is not really your. Uh, your faults, but after this week, despite five events, we're gonna stay at three one, which is <laughs> sort of sort of weak from us. Okay. I mean, five uh, five events and we didn't add a single point. Hopefully, yeah, we're gonna make up for that. We really, really, really need to step it up this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, should, should we do match of the week, episode of the week? Yep. So episode of the week, I went for Philip Polanski beating Norbert Gomporz six two six two. I did not see that coming, as I, as I said earlier. I, I had Gombos winning this tournament. Uh, he, he plays very, very well in front of a home crowd. Obviously, this year, they didn't build up that that stadium court. They did in 2019. They, they just sort of used their, that, that second court, which is the, the sort of like the, the grass hill on the side with some benches on it. Uh, but well, I mean, when that fills up, that there's a decent atmosphere there uh, as well. I remember it was Midler Klein that had a really good atmosphere in 2019. That was played on that court, and yeah, for it to lose this easily to Horansky, who I mean, they they've not played that much on on uh, professional matches. Obviously, they they practice with, with each other a lot, but yeah, six to six two. I was shocked when I saw that result. Yeah, I decided to go for Jovier versus Dolo. I know just just something that on play. No, I mean Jovier is is plays also his best surface, but. I guess I'm just really expect a lot from Francisco Serendolo and I'm not getting that, not really yeah, getting that. Really. Yeah. Uh, as for Horansky and Gombos, I, they, 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 haven't, they haven't played in seven years uh, when they played in Bratislava, but it looks like it wasn't hard. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, they, 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 I think it's two, yeah, it's two two now in their in their head to head. Uh, I also looked at the odds and honestly, it was very surprising to see that Donskoy McDonald was rated as the highest upset of the week. I mean, That's I know good. McDonald likes grass as well, but I mean, yeah, you know, a, a very good server like Donskoy against McDonald is not, not yeah, that Yeah, Donskoy was a very experienced player who's played on, on grass for, for so many years. That's yeah. that's surprising for me that that was the biggest laptop. So and it was a pretty. Yeah, I think Jean-Pierre Salandolo was the second one, and Gombos Koranski or something, or, or or maybe the other way around. But the difference was very high too, so uh, very big too. So so that 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 came to me as a bit as a bit of a surprise. As for match of the week, I went for a totally boring pick. Hopefully, you went for something else. Uh, I went for Martin Klijan beating Juan Manuel Serundolo six seven nice. six seven five. Uh, it, it was it was a very impressive win uh, for me to, to see Klijan pull, pull something off like that against Serundolo. Uh, he almost choked it away because I, I think that he was 5-2 up in that in that third set. Uh, he and, and he had some chances uh, and Serundolo was, was dragging it back. But I feel like the crowd really, really got him through the ending of that match. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's my match of the week. I think Klijan beating Serundolo. Yeah, and I had Evans Kokinakis. Yes, yeah, the, I, the most I, obvious yeah. one. But I also I kind of expected you to go to go Serendoro Klijan. So once again, we're so predictable. 
uh, <laughs> then I guess we can start predicting uh, again. So we'll see if, if, if our picks are going to be so so easy to, 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 to come up with uh, this time. Maybe this time we can actually get some points on the board, would be nice. Uh, so we've got Nottingham again. And the draw is, well, it doesn't have a top 27. 27th was the Dan Evans, I think Dan Evans was in the ATP rankings. But we, it has a stronger even field, I believe. Uh, there's Richard Gasquet, yeah. who plays on the Challenger Tour some, somewhat regularly, like you know, once, uh, once per two years. Yeah, 15-2017 was the last one, I think, right? 2017? Oh, okay. I, I thought he played... Because, ah, that's, sorry. I, I, I thought about Stettin, but he played Stettin in 2017. So, yeah, perhaps perhaps it's four years, actually. Um, yeah, okay. So, he, it's actually not uh, somewhat regularly. I don't know. Some Because of Stettin, I just figured... I mean, I, 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 I had Gasquet in my mind as a, as a, as a player who comes back to the Challenger Tour every once in a while. But it looks like before that he played in 2010. So I was just talking crap. And and and, and it's actually quite a big thing to, to have Gasquet play a grass challenger. He's an excellent grass court player to, to Wimbledon semifinals. Uh, maybe I should have went for him. I, I, you know, a, a, bit, a bit of a spoiler that I didn't. But he might have a very good second, uh, very tough second round on his hands against Maxim Gracie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, that that whole road is very interesting, where where he has goes for the first round, possibly Cressy or or Clark, in the second, and then he sort of has a string of quite experienced players where he, where he probably has Kukushkin in his quarters, uh, possibly Andrastati in the semi, and then obviously the final could be against anybody. I haven't played the final against uh, Donskoy personally, but I, I have gone for, for Richard Gasquet purely on the head-to-heads. His head-to-head against Kukushkin is 3 nothing. Head-to-head against Seppi is 7-1, is to one, I think. Uh, and against Donskoy, I think he's he's 2-0. So uh, Gasquet, obviously, excellent Gasquet player, and I feel like this will be his week. Very interesting first round hit that I wanted to highlight between Dennis Kudla and Kevin Anderson, two players who are very, very good on grass in sort of different ways. Obviously, Kudla is a, is a shorter guy. As you said, the, the ball that he plays, it's sort of skids. Whereas Anderson is a, is a big server. Um, so I'm very intrigued to, to, to watch that match. I'm quite excited about that one. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to watch uh, Sukita Maishak as well. Maishak um, did, 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 did very good in the in the first Nottingham event, obviously, the semis. But Sukita was a great grass court player when he was in form. Right now, kind of out of it. But, uh, but I think that could be a, a good one as well. Mahachofon is a, is a super is a, is a super first round too. No, no, the whole draw is excellent actually, and I kind of regret not going for Gasquet right now. <laughs> and I went for something totally crazy, I think, and I went with Brandon Takashiva. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he, he lost to Donskoy last week. I still believe his game can be amazing on grass. The the backhand should be a huge weapon. He's been improving his uh, net play. Uh, if he plays Gasquet, I'll give him a hit chance. I don't know why why I went with Nakashima, but so be it. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna chicken out and go Gasquet right now. Uh, yeah. Do we have anyone in the? Yeah, we have some very interesting players in the in the qualies. We've got Kasper Zhuk playing. Uh, with, yeah, it, it definitely is his first pro grass court event uh, because he played uh, Roehampton and Wimbledon as a junior once each, I believe. So. It's kind of a mystery how he will do, but with his game profile, he should be 
amazing. But he's playing Ramanathan, who's a who's a who's a very experienced grass court player. So it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy to even qualify for this event. Zhukov obviously played one match here already, but it was a British wildcard whom I was not really familiar with, and apparently wasn't much of a it wasn't much of a match. Uh, Escobedo is in the qualities, whom I think he can he can also be extremely good on this. Abden also, although against Bolt it doesn't have to be easy. Once again, the the British wildcards kind of looked right. Yeah, uh, I mean, Mario Skopil to me is definitely the most um, dangerous qualifier c coming out of here. It, it, it's all going to be about where he lands, I think. Um, after the week that he had last year. Where are the uh, qualifiers placed? Okay, one has save of wheels, which is probably an automatic win, victory yeah. for anyone who qualifies, actually. I mean, the qualifiers are just so strong. Against Seppi, that's going to be a huge one. And yeah. against Leo Meyer. Uh, who knows? And against Bonzi, I, I don't even know if Bonzi ever played on grass. Yeah, no, I'm not sure either. I can't but, remember. Yeah, we definitely have a qualifier win this event. I did. Um, Bonzi actually played uh, Wimbledon in 2018, uh, qualified for that and lost to Lachko. So, uh, so maybe maybe he's actually strong as well. I mean, the, the, the qualifiers are very are uh, insane. Like, imagine Zhuk, uh, Escobedo, Copil, and Ebden go through. Uh, well, I mean, is already out. Bolt, Bolt actually won that match. Ah, um, Bolt already already defeated Evan. Okay, but Bolt yeah, is, okay. is very strong on grass too. So, so the the, the guys who who are gonna face qualifiers are definitely not, you know, just yeah, waiting waiting for them with ah, I'm I'm gonna defeat a uh, defeat a qualifier. That's that's definitely not the the mindset that they're gonna have because there's a lot of things to be afraid of. Ah, okay, Evan Evan retired. And Escobedo is up a set on, on Zhang at the moment. Okay, so I guess we can go to uh, Ion Provence, or however it's read. <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel like that's that's better than anything I'm going to come up with. On Provence, <laughs> definitely. I'm sure about On Provence. I just don't know how the first three letters are supposed to be read. Uh, maybe you can uh, say a few words, and I'm gonna listen to, to the uh, correct yeah. pronunciation. So the top three teams are top 100 players: Roberto Carvajal Baena and Fernando Verdasco. Obviously, I think Carvajal Baena is more the favorite for this tournament than Verdasco. I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if Verdasco won this. Um, we have some very intriguing players. We have Carlos Tabernero, who, after his very puzzling Roland Garros <laughs> result, uh, where he basically lost almost no games throughout qualifying and then lost to Sapulin uh, in the first round. He's uh, going to play Batucin and possibly Arthur Cazon, uh, who's sort of playing his, he, he already played some challengers beginning of the year, but it was, this is his first one since playing his first uh, main, his first main tour match, his first slam, uh, stuff like this. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to, to watch Cazon again. Um, Tommy Robredo is here in the in the main dropping Hugo Gaston, who actually could see doing something. Elias Imer, uh, obviously finalist from Lyon, is here. Uh, Facundo Bagnis, who, who who we who we talked about as as a favorite, um, is here as well, possibly facing Tabernet or or, or Cazo in the in the quarterfinal. So many many intriguing matches, intriguing players. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean the, the the field is frankly not too strong for a one to five. Uh, like 
Crosstail mm-hmm. that we're gonna cover soon is gonna is probably a it's bit brighter. Right. Yeah, which is weird because there, there's no actual reason geographically for this, but it's still yeah. it's still amazing. I mean, Robledo Gaston is such such a great first round, even though Robledo probably has very little chance there. Uh, I actually wanted to. Uh, well, I, I thought of going for Carlos Tabernet just because of how great he was in the qualies, but that's you know that Safiulin disappointment still lives in my head very vividly, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't want to go for this. Bagnis is is someone I didn't even see in the draw, in the abundance of of great names. I went for something maybe weird, but still a very high seed, and went Fernando Fortasco. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's very interesting. I think he was um, yeah, decently yeah. convincing. Like the, the, just the, the sheer motivation, that the, the the fact that I saw that he still wants to play, he wants to grind it out on the challenger circuit. I I, I think maybe it's gonna work out for him this week. But again, that there are like at least ten people in the draw that could realistically win it, and it wouldn't be called a surprise or anything. Yeah, I mean, Vettasco is quite a decent early draw where he plays Matthias Borg, who's been on a bit of a losing streak recently. I think he's five in a row now. Then he's a qualifier uh, because the two, two qualifiers play each other. Uh, and the qualifiers itself looks super impressive. I, I, I don't think that the, the danger level is anywhere even approaching the one of Nottingham. But I actually yeah. have somebody from this quarter winning this tournament, and that's Juan Pablo Barillas. Okay. Uh, who I, I can definitely see winning this, but there's, as you said, 10 other things that I can see winning this. I think I went uh, for him like a, like a week ago uh, at some at some place, so I definitely agree. He, he has the the game to do it as well. The qualies are, are rather weak. I mean, an interesting guy is this uh, Tituan Drojet, who went toe-to-toe with Rune last week, and he, mm-hmm. he just qualified. That's someone who, who I definitely want to, want to watch more. Uh, and I checked the, the pronunciation, and it's actually X on Provence. X on Provence. X on Provence. So, so yeah, I I, I thought that the, the, the first three letters are gonna be pronounced differently, but it turns out it's X on Provence. Now we can we can. Uh, by the way, do you know how to pronounce the uh, Enzo Quaco? <laughs> uh, Quaco. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was the guy that I. Uh, Back when, in one of the first episodes, I, I, I had a, a sort of a, a, diff, a sort of similar, uh, you know, uh, occurrence when I was not sure how to pronounce that at all, and I was also checking uh, in the in the middle, and it's it, it's Quaco. It's pretty, you know, once you know, it's it's pretty easy, and I guess that's what we're gonna have with, with X on Provence as well. And when it comes to Prostayov, as I as I mentioned, the field is actually quite amazing and probably better than than nothing uh, yes. than Exxon Provence. I'm not too surprised maybe to see Andujar here because he played it last year. So maybe he just really liked it. But some guys like Vesely obviously is, is a check, so also not too surprised. But but some of these guys could certainly be in, in Exxon Provence and it wouldn't matter for their for their Wimbledon preparation. So maybe the Prostayov event is just just amazing, you know, in terms of their support for the players, the the, 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 the accommodation, I don't know. But it, it's definitely great. I want to point out again, I'm always going to talk about these young checks, maybe someday they'll do something. 
but Magar for Aitek is a is a great is a great first round if for Aitek is is finally ready to to play up to his potential. Uh, Talikor Stina is one that I can that, that I can definitely see winning a match. He's playing Matthias Buckinger, who obviously isn't too strong on, on clay, and Stina has been amazing on the ITF tour recently. Uh, I think it was a, a title than a, than a semi uh, in in recent weeks. So that that's someone who I would picture winning winning a match. Uh, as you mentioned before, we have all these three matches from uh, from Bratislava. So Kovalik, Kopriva, Kuznetsov, Klijan, Lehechka, Klein. Especially Lehechka, Klein is is looking tasty since it was yeah. so tight last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that, that that's definitely one to watch. Uh, it's a very interesting matchup. I, I, I think it's mostly because a lot of players just go from Bratislava to, to Broskiov. I, I think uh, it's quite easy travel to do. Um, somebody that we haven't mentioned yet that's also a young Czech that I don't think we've ever talked about is Daniel Sinyakov, uh, the brother of Katarzyna Sinyakova. Uh, I did not know that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's 18 years old. I've never heard of him before this tournament, uh, but, but he's he's not a great junior, but he's a decent one. Uh, he's, he's he's like around top 100. I think his career high is like 86. Um, so yeah, and, and he plays Sebastian Baez, who, as you said, gets results, doesn't always play the best. So so we'll see what what Sinekov can do there. Lehechka uh, Klein, as you said, very very intriguing. Um, I'm also curious about what Alex Molchan might do. Uh, he starts against a qualifier, which qualifiers not super intriguing, maybe again, except for Alex uh, Rybakov, who I'm pretty sure he's an NCAA player formerly. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the potential of Andokar and Molchan in the second round is also very, very intriguing. But uh, the player that I've gone for to win is General Kamage. Oh. Uh, I was dead certain that we were gonna have the same pick here. <laughs> so you probably, yeah, exactly. I I just felt like after after round Garros, I can't really go other way. Uh, he mm-hmm. had some physical issues against Delbonis in the in the second round, but I think the the standard of play that he showed was still still so good that I just couldn't bear the thought of not going for him. The first round is obviously super easy against Vatanuki on clay, but then Molchan is, yeah, that, that might be an issue, but the draw isn't isn't kind, because the, the top half scene, oh, actually, the, I don't know if the top half scene is better, maybe a tad, but in general, it's 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 a very hard draw, but I, I, I remember he played very well there in Prostay of last year, I think he lost in the semis to Molchan, was it the final, can't remember. But after Ron Garros, I just I just felt like I have to go and do her here. Uh, maybe it's that that one example where where the top seed actually wins a challenger event. <laughs> yeah, I mean, least, there's no Magar Ma- 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 is going to have a huge match, huge match against Baez in the second round. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like if he makes it through there, uh, then he has a very very good chance of beating Antokar and. Um, the bottom half, I think, is a bit weaker because I don't think Vesely is super convincing of play. Um, so I sort of I have Kovalik reaching the final out of the bottom. It's weird though that he's so inconvincing of play recently, right? I mean, he's he defeated Djokovic in Monte Carlo five years yeah. ago. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed by him on on the surface recently. Uh, but Magar Baez is, is is definitely huge. Uh, I want to watch this. I don't care about Foreta and Shiakov go. Just give me Magar Baez in the second round. 
yeah, and that's for Almaty. It's, it's already started in, uh, you know, in a, to more extent than than the rest ones. We we already have like six six matches completed, I believe, uh, five. Uh, and my winner pick is already out. And normally I would just leave it like that, you know, just you, for the sake of. Exactly. So because he retired, I think I'm entitled to to changing no, it. Or yeah, I mean, because because I didn't pick until this morning, so most of these matches were already completed when I was making this pick. So yeah, I think okay. it, it's very much. Yeah, because he retired. Like normally, I would just say, okay, I I picked it, uh, you know, to uh, yesterday evening. So he retires. So he he lost. That's that's my fault. That's not on on anyone else. But if he if he retired, I think we can. Uh, so maybe you can talk about uh, the draw, and then I'm gonna look for <laughs> for yeah, uh, draw wise and like the field wise, it's very similar to what we had last week. Andre Martin is the top seed, Safwad is the second seed. He actually won his first round this time, but against Zhukayev, who I'm not very convinced about his qualities. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not really convinced about the qualities of really any of the Kazakh qualifiers, except uh, uh, sorry, wild cards. Um, this week, maybe maybe you have an okay player, but special exam. But yeah, Safwad plays Moroni in the second round. Martin, I feel like it's a it's a decent draw until the quarterfinal, where I think I think Tseng can give him a very dangerous match. Possibly Jimeno Valero, whoever wins that one, can give him quite a run for his money. Um, Zizubergs, uh, they, they just played the qualifiers I've seen. So Zizubergs plays uh, Ergi Kirkin, who he actually has a negative uh, zero to head to head with. Um, one match from, from Heilbronn uh, qualifying, and then one from Antalya in 2018, which I assume that was a, that was a yeah, 15K futures. So, yeah, I've, I've gone for maybe somebody. I, I don't think he's super left field. Uh, I've gone for Kim and Kopians, uh to win this one. Good, good challenger clay player. Um, the the draw is so he, he starts against a qualifier uh, that will be uh, Jesper De Jong. So that that might be an interesting first round. Uh, but then he plays Peja Kroskin. Um, I've been playing Bonadio here. That was yeah. That's that's from the section of of where Istomin already lost. But actually, Philip Christian Giano just got placed in that section as a lucky loser. <laughs> so uh, he may also be somebody to watch in that section. Uh, he plays Wooden, but then potentially Bonadio. So he might actually be who makes that quarter there. Um, but yeah, that that uh, bottom quarter. I feel like outside of Skatov, there's not really like a contender there. Uh, in in Safwad, Moroni, and Menetic, I don't think they're uh really dangerous to to, to copians to, to win this table so yeah Kimmel Copians is who I've gone for okay uh I think he kind of drew the short stick with De Jong that's probably the strongest of the qualifiers just ripped through Sultanov and Mihalski uh but I'm honestly struggling to pick anyone I think there are half of half of the players in the draw with it I went for Carlos Hibano Valero uh he has a super tough first round against Tseng, but then if he wins that, I think he, he has the, definitely has the game to, to go far. That sort of sustained hitting is, is something that I really like. Against Menendez Maceiras or Schnur in the second round, he'd be a big favorite probably. 
I'm still not convinced about the fact that Seng can can start showing his junior potential on or, you know, in pro events. I mean, he, the guy won two Grand Slams in juniors, and he's been well, pretty much a, a disappointment. And I'm gonna go for him and Valero, but it's really a random pick, frankly. I think Almaty is was the toughest one for me to pick from. Kuzmanov was also a, a pick that I didn't have that much confidence in. I just thought he was playing Savat in the second round, and I mean Savat kind of got got on my nerves recently, last week when he lost to Christine. Uh, you also said Kopayans was playing Christine in the second round, but that might not happen because he, he's now down. Uh, zero four was it when I last looked? Oh, he actually retired to Gabashvili just now. Oh, so oh it's, okay. it's actually going to be Gabashvili uh, against uh, against Kopejans in the second round or against a qualifier. Uh, I mean, even better than for for Kopejans, I think. Probably, uh, I think that that one that first round against De Jong is something he needs to really focus for. Though yeah. De Jong was great in the qualies. Uh, and then we have Forli, which is an event that was also had last year, but at a different at a different uh, time. Musetti won it. It was his first challenger event, actually. Still, right? Because he lost this year in, in Biela and Antalya, so it's I think it's still his first, the only challenger title. And it's probably gonna stay this way because at, at this rate he's not gonna show up on this on this circuit a lot in in in, in years to come. So who knows? Maybe it's actually going to be his only challenger title. Uh, but anyhow, we have Talon Griekspor as the top seed, uh, who's gonna come with a lot of uh, with a lot of momentum and has a very peculiar draw because he's playing a qualifier in the first round and then another qualifier in the second round. <laughs> uh, and the qualifiers, I mean, Thiago Tirante, maybe. It, it's actually super weird because we've got four qualifiers and three of them are gonna be there. So he has a 75% chance of having Tiranta in his first or second round. So, so, so you know, we can kind of be almost certain that 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 that, that might happen. Uh, and this is definitely a qualifier that could do that could go far in this event. I love the first round between Koboli and Sapieri, two super talented Italian youngsters as i mentioned like a week or two ago i'm still not convinced koboli can can do what he did in was it rome or no biela biela rome i, I don't know <laughs> biela right it was biela five or something I'm, I'm still not convinced he can do it week by week uh another very interesting battle between the italians is going to be perettini genesi obviously not matteo Berettini, but his brother jacopo who who's done well in in, in, in at biela again was it biela right I don't know, these Italian events just, whenever in doubt, go Biela, that's, that, that's definitely it, the tactic that, that's successful. I'm excited to watch Andrea Arnaboldi too, it's, it's one of my favorite players in terms of just, you know, aesthetically pleasing because of his, his definitely not clay court style, but he's had a few good runs there as well. So that, that Arnaboldi, Steven Diaz is, is, is also something I'm definitely gonna watch out for yeah i i feel like a lot of the the quality players and a lot of contenders are actually unseated in this tournament where you, you already talked about Boli, we have pedro kachin being unseated who came closest to being cuevas uh last week we also have andrea pellegrino who obviously had that had a great run in rome um also gastao eliash 
who might might pull it together and <laughs> even even though he's not in Portugal. Um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of very intriguing unseeded players, uh, and I feel like a lot of the a lot of the seeds outside of Talon Greek Sport, who I think has to be the favorite overall, uh, are maybe not that great. So who, who are we going for? Uh, can you go first? Because I'm still 50-50 on who I'm going for. Right. I, I have gone for Gasto Eliash to beat Cobol in the final. <laughs> or yeah, you then, I'm, then I'm gonna go for the other guy because Eliash has a great draw. That's that's for sure, right? The, the, the quarter is super winnable for him. Probably Chamilka yeah. is the toughest challenge, but then Lorenzi, Brancaccio, Idukovic, Passaro. I mean, Idukovic is dangerous, but but he hasn't been doing that recently. But the other guy I was debating was Pedro Kacin. So I'm just gonna mm -hmm. go for him. Uh, played very well this year. I think he's at exactly that sort of level when he can uh, start contending for challengers regularly. He obviously won one this year already, you know, Ayrash. And and I'm gonna go for him. Although the draw is obviously a little bit tougher because of basically because of Genesi or Berrettini in the second round. Then he can play Pellegrino, and that's that's a lot tougher. But I just don't want to go for 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 Eliash as well. But, uh, but these were the two that that I was contemplating, Kachin and and Eliash. So I'm I'm gonna go for Kachin, and you had Eliash. Who did I go for in Almaty? Uh, okay, uh, Jimeno Valero. I need to change that in my notes from Kuzmanov. Okay, uh, so I guess we've covered it all. That's gonna be the yeah, uh, ten tournaments that we've covered today. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not gonna happen for for a while. Since next week we have Wimbledon qualifying. Uh, yeah, five to five to talk about, but just one to preview, and then we're gonna come back to one to talk about, one to preview. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously we'll we'll throw in that qualifiers game that I ah yes won so thoroughly last time. So you just had to mention that, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> for, for Wimbledon revenge this time so. i was actually thinking about it a lot during the, this episode because there were some players that disappointed me there or earned points for you like uh, actually tabernet didn't but safiuli did safiuli did a lot for you with uh, with that win over tabernet but but there were uh, i talked about otte and, and daniel who were both sort of close to, to, to having uh, to, to winning uh, their first round matches but ended up not doing that so yeah the, the pain is still very you know I, I still remember the pain I'm gonna have to just Wimbledon qualities I'm not watching the challenger that's gonna happen I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch <laughs> the qualities all day and just you know make notes make, make, make <laughs> definitely come up with the best possible picks ever and and just destroy you. I'm gonna buy, buy even more points that you did for me, so that we can actually start, you know, counting not one to zero, but you know, I'm just gonna win like sixty to zero. Maybe a qualifier is gonna win Wimbledon this year. That's yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you can actually get fifty-six points from a single from a single player in that in that game if we stick with the with the rules that we had. So uh, okay, yeah. So I guess that's we're gonna finish on. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we're gonna see you next week to talk about Nottingham, Aix en Provence, Prosteo of Almaty, and Forli. 
Hope all of you enjoyed another edition of our GSP Challenger podcast. A thank you, as always, to Damian and Jakob for recapping all of the action. Worth noting, we do have a Challenger All-Star article, as we always do each month on our website, CrackRackets.com, written by David Gertler. He's going to be joining me later in the week on this GSP podcast feed to talk about those All-Stars, offer my and his extended thoughts on all of the action that's occurred of late on the Challenger Tour. And of course, look, if you've missed any of the action you can catch this podcast week in week out you can go check check uh, all the articles Damien has written about the many players currently ascending through the ATP Challenger Tour you can find them all on our website crackedrackets.com we'll try and do a better job of tweeting all of those out in the future but in case this is the first of your hearing of them you can find all of Damien's content his work on our website crackrackets.com. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a f- of an editing job to do and without whom you would see none of our work available. A shout out as well to our friends at Turna Tennis. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707 to join the Turna family. Of course, if you have missed anything from the 2021 French Open, you can catch up on all of the action on our website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review not only to this podcast, podcast, but to our mini break podcast feed, crack interviews podcast feed. We're going to get those rocking and rolling once again as we head towards the grass court season. And of course, we will have content on all of that later on the, in the week as well. So be on the lookout for all of it on our website, crackrackets.com. But with that in mind, for our wonderful hosts, Damian Koos, Jakob Bobro, our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Turna Tennis, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>